0: shouldn't be in a church a couple of decades and still be wondering what's in the Bible that is part of the agency you are invited to take up is to know the Lord for yourself. Forget the preacher for a second. The preacher can't be spiritually mature for you at important intersections in your life. He or she can be beside you. But but you know, what about you? What about the invitation to you to gain real proficiency in the tools of faith service giving prayer silence and worship This is Four People with Bishop Rob Wright.
1: Welcome to Four People with Bishop Rob Wright. I'm your host, Melissa Rao, and this is a conversation inspired by Bishop Wright's Four Faith Weekly Devotion, sent out every Friday. You can find a link to this week's Four Faith and a link to subscribe in the episode's description. Good day, Bishop.
0: Good morning,
1: Well, uh, your devotion this week is called Mature, and honestly, it was a punch to the gut. (laughs) I'm sure there are many listeners listening right now who've had the experience of wondering how the heck a particular passage or devotion or sermon wasn't meant for them at this point in time. Yeah. Gut punch. Yeah. So it's about maturity. Yep. And Christian maturity is something you speak a lot about. Yes. So before we get into it, I'm wondering yep. if you just want to summarize broadly First Corinthians chapter two verses one through twelve and thirteen through sixteen. <laughs> because well, it's a lot. It's a lot. So why this? Why now? All the things.
0: It's a it's a whole lot. You know what I love about Paul, Saint Paul, is that Paul is talking to the church within the church. Paul realizes that uh, uh, everybody in the building uh, is not there uh, to pattern their life after Jesus Christ. He realizes that we're all in various stages. He realizes that uh, some of us are, are there for lots of different kinds of reasons. And then, you know, in the part that I chose to write about, then it is as if Paul turns, you know, to his left or to his right uh, maybe to a specific seating group, and says, "Now I want to talk to you, who are mature in the congregation, right?" And and to to call them upward and and downward simultaneously, uh, to being the real leaven, you know, in in terms of uh, yeast, being the real leaven in the church. And he he is he is setting the expectation for them. He is letting them know. That uh, you know, this maturity that has been gifted to you, right, um, is for use uh, in the congregation as a whole, and and so that gives me a lot of permission to say, I think, a lot of things to to uh, to myself uh, as well as uh, you know, to listeners and to the congregations that I have the privilege of serving. Well, you
1: know, one of the things that. Strikes me about Paul is his. Um, sometimes I wonder about what Paul means by maturity. And, and hear me out. I think I know. And yet you started it in saying it doesn't necessarily mean um, a lifelong person, you know, someone who's gone to church every single day, for, you know, or every week for their entire life. When Paul turns to the congregation, and says, I, now I want to talk to you, mature people. I wonder if that has anything to do with age because I feel like age is something to do with it. And yet, I, I don't know that age grants wisdom. No,
0: I mean, think about it like this if I stood in my garage for 40 years, and does that make me a Cadillac? You know, probably not, right? <laughs> ah, that's so good. So, Sorry. so. <laughs> So no, and I, I think this is some people's strategy to Christian maturity, right? Is, is that, you know, and I meet a lot of people all the time, and they tell me, well, I've been a member of this congregation for a long time. And and they're, what they're really sort of telling me sometimes when they tell me that is, is a sort of back off, right? And and I look at it just the opposite and say, well, you know, if you've been here and exposed to the sacraments and, and really taking seriously the Word of God and allowing the preached Word of God to... Um, to provide you with fodder for re- reflection and, um, and repentance uh, and new life. And, and, and if you've been contributing, you know, out of your earthly treasure uh, to the upbuilding of this uh, spiritual way station, wherever you find yourself in, then actually uh, you shouldn't have to tell me you've been somewhere for a long time Right. I, you should you should begin to say, well, because I have been here a long time and because all these things have been you know, part of my soul care, then I know some things. I'm able to manage loss. I'm able to tell truth in love. Uh, I'm able to, to inspire others to generosity. Uh, my life should be shaped and look like service, et cetera. So, see, I come at it just the other way. Um, so if we're in places for a long time and it's not just a club or a clique, but it's a church, then, then it has this water uh, effect on stone. It should be making us more mature. It should be cutting away from us all the silliness uh, that the world wants to load up on us. Uh, being exposed to Jesus and his message and his life and teaching death and resurrection ought to be changing us. Um, I have met youngsters, uh, chronological, biological youngsters, who who blow me away with the things that they have said, and I have met you know uh, o- older folks, uh, folks you know up in my generation, uh, who sound like babies, uh, and uh, you know and and so you know not to be disrespectful, not trying to be disrespectful, but I want to make the point. Is, is that you know youth uh, comes but once but immaturity can last a lifetime. this is what Amen. we know and, yes, so, and so I understand, and this is, this is me and I'm, I'm willing to take the hit for it. I understand the invitation of God through the power of the Holy Spirit as a, a call for you and I to grow up in the full stature of Christ, right uh, Think about it this way. in another place in First Corinthians, uh, Paul ends the whole chapter on love with the invitation to grow up. Right, and so, so I think what we are talking about here, and by grow up, I think what we're talking about is the decentering of ourselves. And I think also what we're talking about, as I've said in the meditation, is uh, um, we're talking about a quality of relationship with God, right? So God is friend and Lord, right? I, I think so. That's one. So, so if I asked you about a longtime friend, you would tell me lots about your friend. And so how is it that we sit in churches for decades and can barely say a word or two about a friend, right? So we, we're, we're not articulate and, and articulate has, you know, being articulate about something uh, it points to some um, deficit in maturity uh, or clarity. I, I think so. But also I think what we're talking about is a, a certain proficiency in the tools of the faith you shouldn't be in a church a couple of decades and still be wondering what's in the Bible. Right, you should have had. I mean, that is part of the agency. Agency you are invited to take up is to know the Lord for yourself. Forget the preacher for a second, right? You know, you the preacher can't go to heaven or hell for you, right? Uh, the, The preacher can't be spiritually mature for you at important intersections in your life. He or she can be beside you but but you know what about you what about the invitation to you to gain real proficiency in the tools of faith service giving prayer silence and worship i mean they they are the absolute basics and i just you know i'm getting old now and i'm getting cranky i just don't buy we're busy right you know the average american watches more than 5 hours of television uh, so I know that we have time. I don't buy it. I know we have audiobooks. I know that we're in the car. I know, so I just, I don't buy it. I think what we've got to be able to just name is, is that we haven't prioritized things. And this is no condemnation for me. I mean, who am I? But this is an invitation from a fellow traveler, right? That what the world needs is people who are mature in terms of their faith, who have a, a real sense of Jesus's ministry. And wherever we are, find ourselves, at the, you know, in the boardroom, uh, in the courtroom, uh, you know, in the bedroom, in the classroom, wherever we find ourselves, it will all be made better if you and I are a little bit more mature in our following of Jesus Christ. And so I think Paul is clear, uh, and I think that I want to be clear. You know, I want to be, be gentle in the correction, but I think the correction is for all of us.
1: Well, on that note, uh, <laughs> we're going to be right back after a short break.
0: Hi, listeners. Thank you for listening to Four People, a space of digital evangelism. You can keep up with us on Instagram and Facebook at Bishop Rob Wright. And now back to Four People.
1: Welcome back to Four People. Uh, Bishop, You know, one of the things that I was really grateful for in your devotion is kind of the end. Um, You talk about at the end of it, spiritual maturity finishes with an audacious clarity of gratitude. Yeah. And I wonder if that has anything to do with the ability to integrate what we're hearing, what we're seeing, what we're learning, what we're reading about God into the ways that we're living and you know cuz I, I you know i i just feel like integration is so important it's something we miss and yet for the first time in my life i can finally realize that holy crap i'm actually i'm actually getting this stuff yeah <laughs> and damn it's hard
0: right right but i yeah, think it, that's it is hard.
1: I'm not there yet i mean i've got a long ways to go right um and yet, I f- I think for the first time, because of the choices I'm making intentionally and consciously, it's so because of where I'm rooted and grounded in my faith. And so what do you think about integration?
0: Well, I mean, I think, you know, I, I think integration happens, but it doesn't happen passively. It should be, mm-hmm. it should be active. So I think formation is, you know, let's make it a verb, right? I mean, you know, I think formation is about doing what I just said, which is about putting yourself places like worship, uh, in studies, um, in learning with others, um, so that you can reap the benefit of of that formation, so that you can bring your honest life uh, into uh, the songs we sing and the scriptures we study, and that you can pray and seek God's mind and seek God's intervention Uh, and that you can extend yourself in Christian fellowship to others and that you can figure out uh, how you can serve the community um, and how you can make a contribution out of the abundance of what you have. Yeah. I I think that these are all active steps. You know, I continue to, to, um, to commend, you know, that old time tested uh, book, Richard Foster, the celebration of discipline that goes through each of these practices uh, and it's really a great gift to people to begin to understand. and and so look, I think that one of the things that maturity is all about, right? Uh, is about making choices. Making choices based on what we say uh, is uh, the most important thing in our life, right? And so this is where I always like to say, you know, part of the maturity problem is is that we have decided to live, at odds with ourselves. We have decided that the misalignment of my mind and my behind is just fine, right? Rather than saying, hey, my mind and my behind are out of line. What I say on Sunday uh, doesn't look like my life on Monday. And so I, I, out of my integrity, out of the the gentle nudging of the Holy Spirit, I want to do something about it. So it's not about guilt. Uh, It's not about condemnation, but it is about conviction. Let's talk a little bit about that. I think one of the things that the Holy Spirit does and gently is that voice in us and through us uh, and to us that that helps to say it's not the abusive voice it's not the it's not the diminishing self talk voice no that's that's some of our own stuff going on that's perhaps family of origin stuff but that that gentle voice that reminds us who we are and whose we are and and how uh, we might be taking up practices or being situations that are really not for us based on who we say we are, um, that helps us to be mature. So even in maturity, we are being helped uh, by the Holy Spirit who is our aid and advocate. And so I think this is what Paul is saying. Paul is saying that God's wisdom comes to us and it's revealed through the Spirit and it, it comes to that secret and hidden place in us. It's that, uh, it's that voice uh, that gentle voice that we hear, those words that come to our mind. Sometimes it's song lyrics that uh, the dance in our imagination to call us back to who we say we are and who we know that we are. But what I like about Paul and all of this is that Paul really does this beautiful flourish at the end because Paul says that one of the key indicators, key indicators, is this audacious clarity of gratitude. And so I, I think that's the first thing I want to do. And one of the reasons I've been talking about changing the way we pray in the Diocese of Atlanta is because I, I've come to a real clarity about that. And that is we do a really good job. And I've said it before. We do a really good job praying for the woes in the, the, uh, of the world. And we ought to. We ought to. We ought to ask God to be uh, with people. We ought to, you know, keep on and prayers, all that sort of stuff. And we ought to pray for others. We ought to pray for ourselves. We ought to ask as we have as we have need. Jesus affirms all that, but but we've got to also stop a minute uh, and 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 take God out of the you know candy machine you know slot that God is in some of our lives, and just say, but what has God already done that I'm grateful for? You know, I have a mind and I have a voice and I've got a roof over my head this morning. It's 27 degrees outside here in Atlanta right now. And my heart just breaks for those who have no shelter. You know, I, my problem is not if I'll eat. My problem today is what will I eat? That's probably one of the bigger decisions I'll make today and and for some of us. And so, so, uh, you know, the gratitude that, that people over my, the span of my life, 58 years now, have stopped at important intersections in my life and given me advice and counsel and care and a hug and a handhold, I mean this notion of gratitude really ought to be robust and muscular in the life of a mature Christian. I mean, if, 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 if you were called on the spot to come to a microphone uh, in a church somewhere, uh, could you go on and on about gratitude to God? You know, could you go on and on? Will Willimon when he was a Bishop of Northern Atlanta, North, uh, North Northern Alabama, excuse me, Northern Alabama, I said he would. He would. Uh, he would make two visits on a day. He would visit, you know, oftentimes one church, and that church would have a lot of fancy cars in the parking lot, and he'd walk in, and they have beautiful stained glass, Tiffany stained glass, and so on, and and he would be there, and he'd be doing his thing, and scarcely anybody would say thank you to God for anything, and they would they would be they would be dripping with with all the best things uh, in the world, uh, and as you talked to the folks, they had the great educations and had been afforded lots of opportunities. And that's a good thing. And then he, he'd go across the tracks because those folks live across the tracks. He'd go across the tracks. And uh, whether, whether they were white or black or uh, uh, native uh, or uh, Hispanic, and uh, he would say that, uh, you know, in the parking lot, it looked terrible. You know, things were beaten down and falling apart and and uh, he'd get into the building, and he, as the bishop, could scarcely get a word in edgewise because people would be thanking God. Thank you, God, for my little brother. It ain't much, Lord, but it, but it started this morning and got me to church. Thank you, Lord, for the rags I got on my back. It ain't much, Lord. It ain't, it's not Chanel, Lord, but I, it's it's keeping the body warm, and thank you, God, for that. And thank you, God, for the portion of health that I enjoy, even though I don't have uh, health insurance. And, and on and on and on and and Amon tells a story he's absolutely blown away and so what does what does what does complacency do uh, to our spiritual maturity is, well, is
1: i i have a i do have a question about that too cuz i'm looking at this first of all too you know your story um, the folks quote on the other side of the tracks they're not faking it till they make it either no. they're legitimately grateful yeah so you were talking about Christian maturity, you also mentioned a choice. And I feel like sometimes people will choose the easy the easy way, and yet I I'm often wondering if it's it's typically we should be steering towards the most difficult way, the most painful way, the most sacrificial way. And so you said Christian maturity under, is understood as actively bringing our lives, lips, hopes and conflict resolution approaches under submission to the teachings, example, and an example of Jesus, and so, what does that mean? What? How do we live that? What does that look? What does that look like? Doing Once the hard thing at a
0: time. To- <laughs> 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 Me, well, that's Jesus. Deep, right? Well, look. What I'm trying to say is, is that at its critical intersections in life, you've got to apply the stuff, right? You've got yeah. to apply the stuff. So, look, when we're having, when we're having. You know, conflict with spouse. Let's start at home because this sometimes we can get too, you know, too big for our own britches. Let's start at home, right? So, so how's the conflict work in our own home? I mean, if we're, are we slamming doors and screeching tires out of the driveway because we're pissed at spouse? I mean, that's that's not in line with Jesus's vision. Uh, we ought to figure that out. That's some other version of conflict resolution. That's not the conflict aversion that we. That's not the conflict resolution. That is conflict aversion. That's not the conflict uh, uh, resolution uh, that we're invited to. I mean, so let's start simply there. Um, you know, do we stonewall people? Um, you know, d- do we have the capacity to listen when, when we're at fault? Or do we stonewall people with our own fragility? Um, you know, or can we, can we sit with people and say, hey, look, I missed the mark. I- I'm sure I have. Tell me what that's been like with with you and for you, and because I, I earnestly, you know, want harmony in our relationship. Um, it, it is, it is, you know, I was working on a, another Bible verse uh, the other day, and it is, you know, that the, Jesus is really clear. If, if if you remember, he says, if you remember while you're in worship uh, that someone has something against you, get up, charge out of the church, and go find the person. And, you know, and then we hear Paul's voice added to that, as much as relies on you, right? Live peaceably with people. So I I think most of us could start right there um, in in saying, you know, I'm going to try to pattern how I am in conflict uh, with folks uh, based on the teaching of Jesus. and, And that will help us be mature. I'm going to pattern you know, uh, how I am candid with people after the invitation of scripture, which is to say, I'm going to pair kindness with candor, uh, as I go forward, I'm going to pray for the people who have hurt me. Um, I'm, you know, this is this look, Jesus actually has lots of ideas. He has more ideas than we want to hear from him about, you know, and I'm going to pray for a season Uh, for Melissa, before I even invite her to a conversation so that I can be spiritually ready and available to have the kind of conversation that changes our relational trajectory, right? And so these are the fundamentals. These are the hammers, the nails, the screws, the screwdrivers of the faith. And so, you know, here it's not, there's not eloquence or flourish or organ music. Here it is. Have you decided, have you decided, have I decided that we are going to try Jesus's prescription. And if we have, give it a shot today. If you fall down, that's fine. Get up. Let's try it again tomorrow. And, and this is the last point. We don't have to do it by ourselves. We can say, hey, Jesus, man, <laughs> you know, this is hard. And Jesus will say, yup. yep. Yep. Jesus will say, yep. Look what they did to me. Exactly. And then at some point, and at some point, you get embarrassed complaining to Jesus when you look at what we did to him. And then you say, All right, you carried the cross, so I don't have to. Let me do my very best today.
1: Well, I have another burning (laughs) question. you got a lot of questions
0: today about this. I do.
1: I do. But the good news is, is that uh, we're going to wrap this week and I can ask my burning question next week uh, because even then we're going to be talking a little bit about love. And reconciliation and all those things. So I'm gonna hold my burning question, Bishop. As always, we're grateful for you. And listeners, we are we are grateful for you for listening to four people. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Bishop Rob Wright. Please subscribe, leave a review, and come on back next week.